For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, he became a celebrity for his unconventional story of weight loss. But behind the fame, a child predator lurked. We'll talk about the series, Jared from Subway. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of The Final Curtain. From the inky shadow, she emerges, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hello, and don't forget, bartender for a day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like being queen for a day. I brought in over $300 in fake tips at the bar, which actually donations to the school based on my expert bartending That sounds like real tips. Week. If it's actual donations to the school, it sounds like real tips. Yeah, but it, there was a tip thing up front, but it, I gave it to the school. Well, that's <laughs> Fake tips because she didn't get to keep them. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. Yeah. And finally, our captain of all things cynical, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast, Toby Ball. Hey, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. Toby. Are we going to acknowledge all the folks who are also joining us virtually oh, yeah. in the studio tonight? Kevin, you should do that because you know who they are, right? You can see them in that little Each list Each and here. every one of them. We've got a big crowd of uh, patrons here that joined us tonight for the live taping. They're joining us on our Crowdcast platform. So they're watching us do our thing and commenting in the chats. And, well, I know Laura is going to be completely distracted. distracted. Laura, remember. Going through typing. and We're also taping a podcast. No, I turned over. I, I cut it so I can't see the comments. Oh, good for you. By the way, we made a last minute technical jerry rig where there are, you know, Rebecca and I are in one studio and of course, Laura and Toby. And other ones. So it's really three cameras. So when three cameras go up on the screen, this three shot, it's like Rebecca and I get squished out. And all you can see is our two middle shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> so like I know what to do. So I, at the last second, registered myself on my phone and brought my phone in. So, so that makes a fourth uh, a fourth account, so a fourth window. So that now we're like the Brady Bunch. Mm. It looks awesome. It looks pretty good. And I noticed you have a little mute button, and I realize that's because you're right next to Rebecca. Yes, that would say that would be awful. That'd be an awful technical thing. And it looks like I might be like a half second off of whatever. You're fine. But no, uh, you're fine. But people should know that I have my me. iPhone uh, <laughs> propped up on a big. A roll of socks. Yes. So they don't <laughs> topple over. Like, and that, so that camera could go at yeah. any moment. Yeah. And this is just completely to just make sure that um, we have symmetry. No, it's so that you guys have a good experience watching us, those of you who are here, and those of you who might see video clips of this on social media later. It's that you can have a good experience, not at all, so that Kevin can utilize this high-tech solution to prep up his iPhone. Normally, I would take a photo of this, but it's of my phone, so I can't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And your phone is being pressed into service it's for something fine. else. It's fine. We have so many screens. All right. I'm so Toby's representing for is it West soccer. Ham? West Ham. We won the uh, UEFA Conference League. There's the three European tournaments, mm -hmm. and the Conference League is the worst of all of them, but they won. Really, that's so, not what I saw on Ted Lasso. 
I yeah, I I've not watched Ted Lasso recently, but I hear West Ham are the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. They're the villains. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They're the team owned by Rebecca's ex-husband, evil ex-husband, oh. who was what's his face from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Niles, Giles, 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 yes. <laughs> Rupert. <laughs> I actually stayed up well, late last night life, watching that. They're the good guys. Yeah, they're good guys to a lot of people. They're the good guys. Who's the bad guys? Man City? Uh, Man United? Uh, we could get into a long conversation about uh, we should, like that's good Middle, for this Middle show. Eastern countries buying sports teams oh, right. to sports watch their human rights abuses. It's going on over uh, yeah. So West Ham does not have that issue. But yeah, Man City. Is it at the players' fault, though? Is it the players' fault? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing about... Like, you can play for a lot of teams, right? And and some teams, it's just a different system they have there so that instead of, like, making trades like we do here and having salary caps and stuff, like, literally, you buy players from teams. So I'll pay you, you know, 90 million pounds for this guy, and then you got 90 million pounds that you can then spend to buy other guys. Like, it's it's kind of... It's like it's Monopoly. It's a completely different system. Hmm. But then, because there's no cap that if you're the like Qatari government like there's some fair play rules but whatever but like the Qatari government like Man City who just won the Champions League is the best team in the world they've got like 15 guys on their team who are better than the best player on West Ham especially now that they're West Ham's best players leaving maybe to Man City so it's just you know there's just like these different tiers it's not like American sports where like at the beginning of the season or like you're looking out 10 years and you think my team could potentially win a championship at some point like in British soccer, there's like four or five teams that can, you can like legitimately them. win. Yeah. And then there's like 15 teams that can't. And of those 15 teams are about six or seven that all they want to do is not get relegated down to the lower division and lose a ton of money. So it's just like, it's a whole different system. And you, you know, if your team is not good, like the games are still really exciting because if you get relegated, like your team loses all your money, all your good players are gone. It's just it's just like a whole different situation. There are stakes. I think it's super interesting how you can like escalate up the levels into the different like Premier League. And I, that's so unique. What's unique is that we don't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All the other countries are like, what are the consequences if you suck? But I'll tell you, golf and tennis are like that, though. And golf is like 154 PGA players. And if you right. don't make it. You're not playing on the PGA, like you're down in the cornfield league. Well, now you can play on that like Rebel League. Not with anymore. All the money. They've merged now. Not anymore. Yeah. But those oh. guys aren't owned by anybody, right? I mean, it's not like the Qatari government doesn't buy Phil Mickelson and suddenly he gets a lot better. Yeah. Right. And it's like <laughs> suddenly Phil Mickelson can't be beat because the Qataris own him. Yeah. Anyway, that's not why people. Came to watch us to see. No, me. they don't want. This is not a sports podcast. It's Bill Simmons, or maybe it is. It's, <laughs> it's Crime Writers on Two Point We're gonna buy Bill Simmons for this show, make it so much better. Yeah, <laughs> look, Jeff Brumley is like literally leaving right now. He's had enough. He says, "Got a jet, y'all. Thanks for a great end of the workday." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good. Get me out of this fucking thing. Uh, all right. Well, I think we should talk about the thing we're here to talk about. No, you got to ask me what's coming up on next week's show. Oh, shit. That's a whole formatic I forgot about. Kevin, what's happening on next week's show and the next coming up podcasts? Uh, we're going to be talking about soccer. <laughs> Otherwise known as football, the yeah. sport of the future. No, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the much buzzed about series on Prime. It's called Happy Shiny People. That's not what it's called, though. 
Oh, shiny happy people. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, my glasses. There we go. The bro of socks was in my way. Shiny happy people. Yes. Duggar family secrets. I, I'll just tell you right now, I cannot wait to talk about that one. Cannot wait. Okay. All right. Well, I think we should talk about the thing we are here to talk about. You ready to do that, Kevin? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and drop that first clip. When we met him, I had this image in my head of who he was. He, like, helps children all around the world, and he's someone you could look up to. All of those things are the complete opposite of who he truly is, and that is a monster. Jared Fogle became the pitch man for Subway after his unconventional sandwich diet helped him lose 245 pounds. While on a promotional tour, Fogle shocked a local radio host with a sexual comment about children. Rochelle Herman began taping their phone calls, hoping to record the celebrity's fascination with pedophilia. I was sure that he was an active pedophile and the public were at risk. And that's when I became an undercover asset for the FBI. While Herman helped an FBI investigation, Fogel's business associate, Russell Taylor, was creating child pornography. The two paths would cross, exposing the pop culture icon's world of sexually exploiting minors. My conclusion was that Jared Fogel was fully involved in criminal activity with Russell Taylor. My question was, was I going to be able to hold him accountable for the totality of what he did? From Investigation Discovery and now streaming on Max, Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster, looks at Fogel's secret life of pedophilia. It features an audio tape of him discussing his deeds and desires with Herman and the toll it took on her. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Jared from Subway. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So, Kevin, what is up with Jared's uh, appeal in the first place? Well, I think he very much seemed like an everyman to most folks. He's like this rare person that became famous without you know, trying to become famous. You know, he just kind of like sort of fell into that. He also wasn't very slick. Right. You know, you see <laughs> clips of him like at the uh, like the World Wrestling Federation and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's just. He just he's very anti-celeb. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why people liked him and why he had staying power. He's also kind of a punchline, you know, as just sort of this B-list celebrity. But I mean, few people knew who Jared Fogle was, but many people could identify Jared from Subway. I just keep thinking this is why Progressive hired an actress to play Flo, because like she's an actress, right? Yeah. Everyone knows who Flo is from Progressive, but like nothing's going to happen with Flo because Flo is a fake character, right? I just keep thinking that every time I see those commercials now after the whole Jared from Subway debacle. Um, now, Toby, you have another thought about Jared that he reminds you of another infamous true crime figure. You put that in your notes. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So uh, for the deep dive, we're reading The Stranger Beside Me, which is, of course, about Ted Bundy. And you know, I just kind of felt as though Jared was giving off these pretty strong Ted Bundy vibes in that I think, you know, in a lot of like, I guess, popular culture about pedophiles or, or books, it's like you get the sense that these people have these urges that they're trying to fight and they give into them. And then there's like this deep regret and, and things like that. And that that's absolutely not what's happening here. It's like Jared is just like he's consciousless. He's like remorseless. He's relentless. 
and and he's I, I don't mean to be like less less less, but he's also like he's like strangely guileless too. Like he's just so open in talking and communicating with people about these like horrible pedophilic feelings that he has. I was expecting something a little more nuanced than the fact that this guy is just straight up a serial predator who doesn't seem to have any kind of self-reflection on the damage he's doing to people and doesn't even have the self-reflection to be like, should I really be asking this woman who I'm ostensibly friends with, like which of her kids I will find most attractive? Yeah, that really struck me about him, too, was that he has this thing that he does where he talks to her about like, so here's how you groom somebody. But he doesn't really even seem to have any grooming game. Like he's just like kind of goes in and I, this, I'm not using this expression to sound out of context, but he kind of goes in hot, like right away. Like, like he doesn't have any kind of subtlety at all. Um, There's no buildup. <laughs> exactly. There's no setting the stage. No, not at all. Jared leaned over just out of the blue and tells me how hot he thought middle school girls were. I just shut down. It was such a shock to me. Did I really just hear what he just said to me? Um, That being said, Rochelle herself is an unusual figure in many ways. And she is the central figure in this series. So, Lara, I know that you also have thoughts about Rochelle. And I, I feel like the documentary... I feel like especially at the end, we get we get a sense that there's something more there that we're kind of not getting. Like her son at some point says, like, it's complicated. There's more I could say, but I'm not going to. Around four or five years ago, I moved to Taiwan and I've never gone back to America. There's a lot of reasons why there's been a lot that's happened. I'm, I'm not sure like what I should say, to be honest. But she's a hero. Like there's stuff going on with Rochelle. Right. And in, in my opinion. Well, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with her. And we obviously learn, you know, towards the end of this, what actually is going on with Jared. But in the beginning, the fact that this woman, who is just like a local radio show celebrity down in Sarasota, Florida, and she, you know, goes out through like the American Heart Association to interview Jared. And from that, she's like, oh, like something's amiss. Now I'm going to start taping him and recording him. So first of all, you can't tape and record people. That's not legal. So the defense investigator in me, like I feel conflicted because obviously. Wait, did you look up the laws in Sarasota? Is it a, is this Florida two-party consent state or one-party consent state? Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. What bothered me more about it was the way that she was engaging. I mean, yes, you know, engaging mm-hmm. him in the conversation. Yes. I really felt like, and I hate to say this because- I know what we know about him, but it's really like entrapment. She's like baiting him into saying things that he's not volunteering necessarily on his own in the way that she's questioning him. Jared eventually started sharing with me in great detail what he would do with children. I want to know what is the youngest that you've been with. Tell me. When Jared boasted about having sex with minors, it was beyond disturbing. 
Monster is too kind of a word. If I were a defense attorney and I'm listening to these audio recordings, there's a lot to work with there. I mean, obviously, that's not what comes to play in the end. But the fact that she keeps us going for years. Yeah. And then every time we get her having some triggering episode, we get another trigger warning on the screen. I mean, I don't think we've ever watched anything that has had so many trigger warnings throughout the actual show. Like usually we get it at the beginning of the show. Right. By the way, Laura, I think that's formatic because I think that's like where on the network version of it, like that's after before, like after an advertisement would come in. But we're not seeing okay. the ads here because we're watching it on Max. So I don't know. I, I guess I felt like on one hand, I'm like, OK, good for her. She thinks something is going on here. And God knows if I think something's going on, I'm going to be like, I'm going to bring this out and I'm going to write this thing that's happening. But she gets so dramatic about it. And there's obviously something going on with her that we don't know about, like mental health wise, that she's willing to continue to engage in this type of conversation with him for this prolonged period of time. Like something's not right here. Do you know what I mean? Well, I felt like... How many conversations do you need to have with him to know what's going on here, right? If he says in one conversation, I want to have sex with a five-year-old and I have had sex with five-year-olds, why do you have to have a second conversation? Like That's what I mean. It, it goes on and on and on for years. Well, yeah, I mean, be, be, when she's doing it on her own and when she's doing it with the FBI, unfortunately, a lot of what he says, it would be, Laura, you would know this, a defense attorney could make an argument that, no, he didn't do that. He was just giving back the sexy talk that yeah. she thought she wanted, right? So the thing is that she is supposed to be talking to him until he says something incriminating while walking the line of not entrapping him. But it, she says we've been doing this for three years. And, I, you know, I don't... It's a weird hobby for her to pick up. Because, like, it's not... Because it becomes clear that the FBI is not engaging with her anymore. And she's still doing it. But didn't they just like really enjoy like having those like midnight tape exchanges of the in an abandoned parking lot, like dropping him off with deep throat? Because were they having those though? Is that clear? When ah, it's hard yeah. to tell, right, yeah. Toby? Because we don't thing, ever Toby. hear officially from the FBI. I also think like this whole I was an asset for the FBI thing. Perhaps you talked to them once or twice, and then I don't think the FBI was like taking her recordings. I think she just continued making them on her own. Right? It seems pretty clear that. There's a point at which they go and they they uh, get a warrant and they go into the radio station and they go into her house and they take everything they want. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, she's pretty good about the self sort of dramatizing in that, you know, I don't know if it was true, but it's really seemed like people were following me. And I was really worried about my personal safety and the safety of my kids. And I was like, you know, the only like legitimate thing that I found worrying about the safety of your kids is when you try to do a sting by inviting him over to a, one of your children's <laughs> birthday parties. No shit. <laughs> so it just kind of seemed like. I don't know. I mean, and, and who knows? I mean, maybe maybe all this stuff was really happening, but it was one of those. And I, I think it's an issue throughout this documentary where it's somebody talking about something as though it's real, but there's no attempt to confirm or, you know, contradict that this actually happened. So you're left with and they, they have that one like weird or it's at least one like recreation of like at the top of a parking deck. In the in the end, like you can see that this could very easily have been 
like this very, very minor thing that she's blown up into a big thing. She passed some stuff off to the FBI. The FBI wasn't really sure what to do with her when they did find evidence in other ways that he was a serial pedophile. They were like, fuck it. We got to do something. We heard from this woman. We'll get everything she has and we'll go in an arrest rather than I was a three year long undercover agent for the FBI and it was super stressful and I was worried about my kids. I mean, her son just seems kind of like bewildered and uh, and damaged by it. It's she like, wouldn't have the, the tapes if that's what she was doing. What the hell was going on? You know, yeah, I got to move to Taiwan and get away from this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what is actually real though? What? All the fantastic content you can get at Patreon. Oh, what a smooth transition! What's going on right now on Patreon? We have the Crime Writers on After Show. On this After Show, we're going to be talking about. Because I'm I'm uh, packing my bag right now to leave uh, for Ireland as we speak. Sharon Bagora. Sharon Bagora. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite trips out of the country. I know we've all been world travelers. I don't think ever, anyone's gone to Africa like Toby has. But I think no. uh, I th- he almost got eaten by a lion. I know. So we're going to talk about you know whatever fun stuff, whether it's like a fun tropical vacation or something maybe a little more cultural. A little more ancestral. Tropical vacations are also cultural. Well, don't be a snob. I, you know the culture around. <laughs> I only do. That's that's the only place I've gone out of the country is tropical oh, vacations. So. Snob. I know. I need to branch out. We're gonna do great stuff with that. We also have Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club. Toby mentioned earlier that uh, the upcoming book is Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. Toby, who's gonna be discussing that book with you? Uh, it's gonna be Alex Segura. Uh, making his like 53rd appearance on the deep dive and uh, (laughs) Lauren Bright Pacheco and from the Emerald Isle, Claire Clark. All right. So Kevin, what else are you going to say now? Well, it's going to remind folks that (laughs) what else am I going to say? What else are you going to do to get us in trouble? You can get episodes of crime writers on early and ad free. Uh, Also uh, by joining us at the, Let's do what we do level. Let's do what we do. Is that the right level? You know what we do? Yeah. We record people secretly into committing their crimes. And once they do, we just keep doing it for no fucking reason. Yeah. We Sounds have, like my life. We don't yeah. actually do we that. We have tons of audio tape of uh, no. Toby incriminating himself. We don't. I mean, we don't. No, we don't. Toby doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but he thinks it. No. But he, he talks does, a good game. He does game. one thing wrong. He talks a good he game. He does one thing very wrong. <gasps> What's that? Oh, he loses oh. that fucking toenail every summer. No, and yeah. that is wrong, oh. wrong, 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 so, wrong, wrong, wrong. No, no, no. Do not. Yeah, I want no. you. It's in a. It's in a weird state of. Uh, <laughs> of sort of. Partially grown in at the moment. Uh, so is mine, Toby. So yeah. is mine. People's we fucking toenails is falling off. At the $18 Patreon level. It's the, the leper level. The foot fetish level. <laughs> also coming up is a new episode of Leave it to Bricker. Laura, you giving me a little preview of what you're going to be uh, covering. Yeah. The little preview is that um, the woman who plays the organ at my church is also a lawyer who recently successfully argued a case before the U.S. Supreme Court and won. Yeah. She and got Amy Coney Barrett I, to agree with her? Uh, apparently. Or I not. don't know who agreed. Maybe, maybe she was in I, the I dissent. Don't I don't know. But um, either way, it's pretty exciting. I spotted this news that she had won as I was walking downtown last week, and I'm like, I got to get to the bottom of this. Gotcha. So stay tuned. Gotcha. What is this music? It's the it's a business section. Are you fucking kidding me? Is this a business section? I don't listen to our business section. I mean, come on. Toby, it's been, 
I listen to <laughs> I listen to our stuff sometimes, but I don't listen to the business what section. I know what the business what section is. Eight fucking years, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> This just made my whole day right now. What is this music? Oh, man. All right. My chair in here is really bouncy, too, so I can dance. Dear Lord, Toby, yes. Uh This is our business section music. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's let's get those Patreon patron saints to get back to the, the show. So, Kevin, do we have, before we leave this business section with the music that Toby's apparently never heard... Do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Jeff Littlejohn and Indira Sengupta. Bless you. Bless you guys. Thank you, Indira. Thank you, Jeff, for supporting us on Patreon. Thanks to everyone who doesn't and just muscles through the business section anyway. Apparently, Toby is not, not one, one of those Toby's. people. <laughs> All right, Kevin, should we go ahead and fade that music out? I don't know, Toby. Should we fade the music out? <laughs> I just keep it keep it flowing. <laughs> All right, let's fade that music out. Take it out, Kevin. Right now. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. So, Kev, we were talking about Rochelle before the break. Yeah. And I don't want to uh, belabor this lady too much, but... You also had thoughts. Yeah, I got I got kind of sick of Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Because and I think Toby said this in a nicer way, but she continued to really overplay the risks to her and her family and the effects on her. She, like she implies at the end, or at least the producers all implied together that like she has this debilitating illness as a result of talking to Jared on the phone. Then stop talking to Jared on the fucking phone. Yeah, but that stop doesn't give you for three years. The cops don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I am right. And there's trouble with the daughter. And like, there's the the very opening scene is like a cut to that DJ Ozzy Osbourne who says, "Is that his name?" Is Sean Osbourne and Sean Ozzy Osbourne or something? That's his How radio name. Innovative. How innovative? He says, "Like Rochelle's claim that Jared." You know, if if Jared, if I don't give nude pictures of my kids to Jared, Jared's gonna kill me. He's gonna murder me. And there are people I've been follow. I'm being followed in black vans. It's like none of that shit is happening. No, he's a pedophile, and you've invited him to a birthday party, and he can't make it. But instead, he's going to be following you around in a black van, trying to kill you. Right. It just all it became too much and annoying, and then I so I kind of like ended up. <laughs> I don't want to, and yeah. I don't want to overstate. I don't want to diminish Rochelle's career choices, 
But she was what a local radio DJ at a low power station in Sarasota, Florida. No, she was like a local celebrity. It was really weird. She's not Bubba the Love Sponge or Howard Stern or anything like that, right? Like she's this is this is not a situation where she's like a like extremely well known person that someone would stalk. I'm, I'm I don't think, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Okay, let's go back and talk about the case. Uh, beside aside from Rochelle, so Toby. How do these two people, and this is what I found myself wondering, because the documentary does not draw this string together very well. It turns out Jared has a foundation, and the guy running Jared's foundation, guess what, is also a fucking pedophile. What's under the odds? I mean, did he hire him because he's a pedophile, and they met through pedophilia stuff, and he's like, you should run my foundation, or is it a coincidence? Like, what do you think is going on here? Well, I wish they'd spent like even 30 seconds trying to tell you because they they do sort of they have one guy say, well, you know, if you want to be staying out of trouble, hiring Russell Taylor is probably not what you want to do. And then they kind of build up to the fact that this guy is, you know, basically producing pornographic material of his stepdaughters and their friends through the the teddy cams. You know, Jared doesn't seem super cunning. But somehow that must have come up because then it seems as though like that's a way for this guy to maybe even keep his job is that he does seem to be spending time and effort sort of facilitating Jared's sort of proclivities. And then as you find out more, and I, and I think the, the last episode, and it's almost like Jared almost gets sort of shunted off a little bit, like towards the end, towards like the really sort of transgressive stuff has to do, I mean, everything's transgressive, but, but kind of what they show at the end with uh, Russell Taylor and his new wife and her stepkids. And then yes, that's so how fucked. basically they're all being used as in this sort of production of pornography of different sorts. And that the mother is like a hundred percent kind of complicit in this. Uh, She's in a bestiality. Kind of, I know. So they kind of tease it a little bit earlier where they're like, yeah, you know, my mom was like down for us to party and have parties. And, and it's, and they were like 14. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like grooming without the subtlety. It's like grooming with a sledgehammer. When our mom met Russell Taylor, I was about 10 and Christian would have been about 13. It looked like we all were doing well. We were going on vacations. We were moving on up in the world. But all of that, was a facade because our lives really started to take a turn for the worst. Your average teenager will get in trouble for drinking underage and smoking weed, but it wasn't like that for us. I was being introduced to all of that by my mom and Russell. We're throwing these parties and (laughs) it's normal. They want us to, they encouraged us to. How you're able to, as a person who has like no moral compass, like Jared, able to find a guy with like even less of a moral compass to run your foundation. And then also let's sort of be like your right hand man in pursuing these illegal and morally reprehensible ends. Like, I, I don't know, like, was it just, you know, quote unquote, good fortune no, or I'm sure they found each other on the Internet, Toby. And you, some you think they stu- were on like 4chan, like exchanging photos? Together. It's obvious of like, course. oh, I see you have a fundraising background. Oh, Maybe we course. could uh, 
All you have to do is Google Jared, like, and find, look at his, like, Wikipedia page and find out what happened. So remember when that one cop said he had that one instance of that one video that was, like, the worst they'd ever seen? There's apparently yeah. this one video that goes around that a lot of people who have this material have that involves a yeah. baby. It's fucking terrible. But, like, if you are on a forum that has that, you're going to meet a bunch of people just like you, <laughs> right? You're not going to meet one. You're going to meet, like, a bunch of fucking people just like you. And if you meet a person just like you who's also like, hey, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a business guy. I live in Indiana. I actually am really good. I'm an accountant. Hey, do you want to run my foundation? So why not, why not like, spend, like, 15 seconds on that? You know, or exactly. just something. You know, I, I actually know. You know what I true. found out about the um uh the the foundation is that like it was, it was shut down by the state because it never gave away any money. Of course, it didn't. didn't. Grants the the money that they raised just went and paid for Russell Taylor's um salary. Cameras. His cameras. cameras? Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> fucking crazy, right? But how indiscreet can he be? Like, he doesn't get caught for decades. And you're right. He's just like meets a reporter and says, yeah, I think middle school girls are hot. And then like, what, he does that one time in his yeah. whole life. No, Not it's kept going on all the time. And they Absolutely. say that there's like other women who had reported it. Who, yeah. Ru- you mean Russell or Jared? Jared. Yeah. Jared. Well, Jared. Like when- okay. I have a theory about Jared. And it's going to make me seem like a mean bully type person, which right. I am not in real oh. life. Oh, oh, I'm going to settle in for this. All right. Jared's a loser. Jared is a fucking loser who was a loser. Oh God, That's quite a theory you got going. He's a going. loser, losing okay. loser. You're making me big on the screen, which makes me afraid you're going to make this into a social media clip. Okay. He was a loser in high school. He's a loser his whole life, right? He has no social skills, like none. So when he finds his people right and his people are like fellow pedophile people that he meets on 4chan or whatever right he thinks that he can just talk about the shit that his people talk about like with anyone because now he's found like he's like found a thing that he's into so he's like hey i'm into it's like you know how when you meet people who are into a thing and it's just like really obscure and they have like not a great read of the room and they talk about their obscure thing mm. in like very out of place ways. You mean like podcasting? Or like Dungeons and Dragons or like I'm not UFOs. No offense to Dungeons and Dragons people, but like there is like but if you like literally are standing in line next to somebody and they like tap you on the shoulder and start talking about their campaign, like you know, like it's it's like that. Like he is just completely socially unprepared for the world. Because he has no social skills except hanging out with other pedophiles. Like, that is my unifying theory of Jared. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's my... I'm sorry. No, it just I mean, is. It's, I, it, it makes sense. I mean, they talk about how isolated he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, he didn't and, have friends. He seemed lonely all the time. Um yeah, and then it's like a combination of that and then just access. I hate calling someone like that a loser, but like I'm comfortable calling him a fucking loser because he actually like his child is it is into kids. So, well, he's you know, socially challenged. Yeah, and I think they set that up really well when they bring in the people that knew him when he was growing up and talking about what he was like in high school the and then when all of a, all of a sudden like, well, I don't want to disrespect the skateboarders. My son's a skateboarder. And um, there's lots of cool skateboarders out there, but yeah, Kevin, uh, they def, yeah, don't Kevin. be a bully, Kevin. Um, <laughs> don't be like Rebecca talking about people being losers. <laughs> but I do think they set it up really well 
you know, for for how he he does lack those social skills. And I think even listening to all those fucking disturbing, creepy phone calls with him and Rochelle, he's not good at that sort of thing. So it's a struggle. Yeah. No, he's even if even if he wasn't talking about disgusting things like his regular conversive skills, not not smooth. I mean, one of the things that did frustrate me about this is, yes, obviously, Rochelle going about this in the wrong way. Obviously, there's some issues that we're not totally privy to, but she does go to the FBI and yeah, they're like, this is not admissible in court. Will you like keep working as an informant for us and keep recording? According to her. That's the story. I mean, obviously the FBI is not good. So that's what she says. But then like nothing ever happens with that. So to me, that means either they thought this wasn't credible. They think she's a freaking nut or there's something else about this that we're not being clued in on. Maybe she didn't get anything, Laura. Anything actionable. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, because it's just conversation at that point. It's like, really? I mean, she's he's like, yeah, I went to Thailand. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, I did that. And you're like, but is any of that true? Or is that just him talking up a big story because he thinks that's what she wants to hear? But the fact that she then goes to like her local law enforcement and is like, help, the FBI won't help me. I mean, I guess I just sort of, I found this whole trajectory of how this case moved forward via Rochelle and I I had these questions about why legitimate agencies and law enforcement were not doing anything about this if it was that serious. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it is very serious, but I'm just saying, I wish we had had more than just her sitting there telling her narrative of what happened. I would have liked some more. And oh, we did have that guy that was like in his car in the parking garage. He was like, I used to work for the FBI and I'm in a parking car. I didn't have an office. I don't don't have enough time to get out of my car to talk to you. So, so well, quick question though. The FBI raided her office and home. They didn't go to her and say, can we get your stuff? Which makes me wonder if after the cops called them and said, hey, this woman just came in with all these super sus tapes of Jared and herself talking about kids and sex stuff. It makes me wonder if for a minute there, maybe they thought she was engaged in shit. Why would they raid it and not just ask her for her stuff? Well, wasn't she threatening to like expose, like go to the press with it or something well, like that? Well, then they should have gone to her and just said, can we have your Are shit? Are we really relying on Rochelle to tell us the yeah. nuances of this and investigation? I, I feel like those, like unless you contextualize those with like I was playing a game, it sure as hell sounds like she's inviting him over to check out her kids. I mean. Yeah, it was pretty disturbing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think we're relying way too much. If, if we had one person from the FBI backing any of this up, it would be very fucking helpful. Yeah. All we have is a cop who says she made a phone call. That's all we have. And the U.S. attorney who prosecuted, and that you think we got better stuff from him. Yeah, and, and by the way, isn't there a case? There's a case against him. Is any of Rochelle's stuff in that case? Well, he pleaded. He didn't, Correct. so they just- Correct. Yeah. But any of Rochelle's evidence in the file of the case? No, it's all the stuff they got from his house. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very confusing. All right. Let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Jared from Subway? It is on Max. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Jared from Subway? So I'm going to give this like a mild thumbs up because there's nothing really wrong with how it's done. But honestly, like it wasn't to the level of a true crime documentary that had like a lot of different sourcing, which is what I feel like it should have had. I mean, it's an interesting case. It's a really fucking disturbing case. And I don't think, honestly, like that you need to go this far into this by watching this documentary. This woman 
Rochelle, the informant, the um, crusader who's going to take him down. Interesting character and all. But, you know, I feel like we need more viewpoints brought into this. And we watch a lot of disturbing stuff. This is something that had like a trigger warning all the time. Like, oh, we got another trigger warning. So it's it's not an easy watch. It's not a fun watch. But I mean, I'm going to go mild thumbs up because anything that can be done to bring out this sort of case and talk about it, I think is a good thing. But overall, I didn't love it, but I can't go thumbs down. Toby Ball, thumbs up or thumbs down for Jared from Subway. Uh, I can't even like begin to to list the reasons why it's a thumbs down for me. Um, Try. I, I guess I can start with, I don't think, so there's basically sort of two semi-connected storylines. One has to do with Jared uh, and especially around his this thing with Rochelle. The other one has to do with uh, whatever that f- guy's freaking name is. Russell, uh, Russell Taylor. Taylor. Um, I'm repressing. And uh, the Russell Taylor thing is like lurid and disturbing. And, you know, I somewhat believe that it probably kind of plays out the way it's portrayed. The Jared thing, I have no confidence that's what described in this documentary is even close to what actually happened between those two people and the information that she got and how he's eventually busted. Like it kind of seems like some of the stuff that happened like roughly in the same timeline that Jared found himself eventually arrested, but there's just no evidence that, that any of this stuff played out the way she talks about it. There's almost no confirmation. There's very little actual journalism here And I think that kind of came out in our main discussion where it's like, well, Kevin and Rebecca, by going on the Internet for like 15 minutes, bring in some more like important information than what you get. in like watching three 45 minute episodes of this thing. So it really seems like they got a couple of sort of over the top interviews and then a lot of like footage of Jared and in places that both make him seem like sort of docile and like a lovable guy. And then other things where you can sort of, he's around kids and while he's not doing anything with kids, like your mind is immediately supposed to go to these very sort of lascivious ideas about it. But again, there's no sort of confirmation. There's no attempt to put anything into context. I mean, it's just how they got this thing. And when it was done, they're like, wow, that's a nice piece of work. It's completely <laughs> beyond me. Um, so I, I'm like a, I'm a big thumbs down and it's just, and then the story is absolutely freaking draining and awful. And if you really care that much, like go on Wikipedia or something and just get the facts because you know, you don't get much insight into Jared. Like you don't get to know the guy at all beyond the fact that he started in this one place. He ended up being a celebrity. He's clearly just a freaking conscienceless pedophile predator. And, you know, at the end it's like, all right, great. So I sat through all that is completely like soul sucking. And I I don't feel like I'm any, (laughs) you know, whatever it happened, but I don't feel like I have any insight on anything. Are you yeah, okay, Toby? Thumbs down. Are you all right? You okay? You gonna be all yeah, right? Yeah, it was just it's it's weird. Like some of the stuff that gets made, right? I know. Like there's I, like it's like how did this thing get on the screen? I'll just say what I say in a second. Uh, Kevin Flynn, <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down for 
Jared from Subway. Yeah, I'm going thumbs down on this. I have to agree that there wasn't a lot here. Um, it was all very investigation discovery uh, product. It just is like they took a regular ID show and just made three episodes out of it. All the tropes were there, the weird reenactments, and then a lot of these uh, rhetorical statements like, and then something happened that changed my life forever. And then I never oh, yes. knew what, you know, all this shit, right? Stare into the middle distance. Stare, yes, pause. It's all very <laughs> manipulative. I think that the story of Jared Fogel itself is interesting. And I think that there was material here for a really interesting docuseries. You know, maybe not three hours long or whatever the hell. But I don't think anyone's really examined this in a serious way yet. This, this crime and its implications and all the other stuff here. But it relies way too much on yet another unreliable narrator who just continued to overstate. Maybe maybe at the insistence of enthusiastic producers that keep wanting to have, you know, those cliffhanger uh, rhetorical statements so that they can go to another commercial break. Or maybe just at her own, I'm going to say self-delusion, that every bad thing that happened in her life after taking a phone call from Jared is somehow related to Jared Fogle. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a thumbs down. I just thought that this wasn't put together well. The audio tapes were interesting, but that alone is not enough to, to recommend, you know, watching this. So, thumbs down. I, f- I feel like I need to change my review. Go ahead, change it, Laura. You want to retract <laughs> well, that? Well, no, I was, I was pretty much thumbs down on what I said, but I was trying to be positive because I was like, let's, let's. Uh, you want to just go thumbs down? Can we do? We've never done this. You can amend. You want to amend? I'm going mild thumbs down because I stand by what I said. And I wasn't enthusiastic about this, but I was trying to like, hey, we should all know about this case. I thought that was sure thumb sideways for you. By the way, we asked everybody in our audience what they would do as far as thumbs up or thumbs down. We have uh, 39.1% give it a thumbs up, 43.5% give it a thumbs down, and 17.4% say uh it is a thumb side but the pull up again see if anyone changes their mind no i'm just kidding uh Uh, yeah i am also thumbs down for this and i will say if there was a documentary to be made with rochelle in it the documentary could have been what happens when a woman discovers that a famous person is a pedophile and how insane does that make her when no one will listen to her right like, cause that's what happened. Like no one listened to her. And then she went bonkers. Like, like she went bonkers and then she let it take over her life. And then she became full of this delusion of grandeur that she was going to be the superhero that took him down. She was not like, she was not maybe like she had some little lever to pull here and there. Maybe her visit to the Sarasota police department did or didn't. I don't think it, I personally did not probably did not affect the investigation. Uh, I think the FBI, I think that I know about the FBI is that they are interested in this kind of thing. They're also interested in this kind of thing. What involves interstate commerce and money? Like they always, they have to have some sort of wire situation going on. I think her being the center of this and positioned as the quote hero was a huge mistake, a huge, huge, huge mistake. She could have been in it and not come off badly if she, if they had put her in it in a more sympathetic way. Like, look what happened to this poor woman by being exposed to this horrible person. Like, it sent her into this spiral where then her whole life became derailed by this delusion because she thought she could do something and clearly 
no. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's bad. And as Toby said, I learned more from Wikipedia than I learned from watching this documentary. And what I learned was still not good because Jared's a disgusting loser. All right. That's it for me. Thumbs down for Jared from Subway. All right. All right. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call the crime, crime of the week. <laughs> crime of the week. There used to be a time where if you wanted to know who your kid's dad was, you had to go on a daytime talk show and learn who it was at the same time as the studio audience. Well, no more. Now you can take a DNA paternity test in the comfort of your own home. Thanks to Maury Povich. The host made famous for revealing fathers and watching the sparks fly is out with an at home paternity test called, quote, the results are in. Just take matching cheek swabs and send it to Maury's lab. In two days, you'll find out whether or not you should be paying child support. And if that tennis instructor was more than just a good friend. Maury says the tests are affordable, convenient, and 99.99% accurate. But if you want to do it old school, gather your rowdiest friends, two gentlemen callers, and open up the results on TikTok. So panel, Maury Povich selling paternity tests seems too on the nose. What other products will TV hosts be hawking? Laura Bricker, what do you think? I'm just going to say, based on this whole conversation tonight, I'm just going to go with STD tests. By whom? Who's selling STD tests? Which host is doing that? Which, which one? Ricky um, Lake? <laughs> no. Martin Downey Ricky Jr.? Lake? Sally Jesse Raphael? I don't know. I Sally don't know. Jesse I don't Raphael watch Montel selling. Williams? I, I feel like you can like get any of them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about what do you think? What? Hoda. <laughs> what uh, on the nose product will a TV host be hawking? Because uh, I knew this was going to be live, I actually prepared this ahead of time, and I had a bunch of different things, and I had no. I had one, but I realized that certain members of this audience are probably too young to actually get this reference, but maybe I should just go ahead with it anyway. Do it's, it. Do it. Do it. Uh, Gerardo Rivera's vault cracking kit. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. I know that one. That's a good one. All right, so Kevin, what about you? What is the very on-the-nose thing a TV host will be selling? Uh, Matt Lauer door locks. Oh, my. No. Oh, no. no, that's terrible. That's terrible. I have a couple. But they will sell well. I have a couple. Oh, okay, couple. Go for it. Oprah selling cars. And you get a car. Oh. And you get a car. Okay. And you get a car. Jeff Probst selling torches. Oh. Right? Yeah. Uh, Or Ellen DeGeneres selling workplace trauma recovery kits. Right? Oh. Am I right? Am I right? I had an Oprah one, which was- Oprah's book, uh, Platforming Problematic Grifters by Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I love that one. All right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Laura Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? We do. This comes to us from Emily Madland. Emily, uh, we made some generous donations to her school social work office last year. But now Emily has a pet-related request. She is a single mom of two daughters living in Minneapolis. Three years ago, we adopted Posey, our beloved rescue from Texas. She was set to be euthanized due to her heartworm diagnosis and a local rescue, Rough Start Rescue, helped her get treated and transported to Minnesota where she landed with us. She's brought so much love, protection, and companionship to my family, especially on our nightly podcast, Rage Walks. Sadly, she now needs double knee surgery. Set for July 13th, five opinions. The lowest estimate is just under $10,000. So 
Emily has started a GoFundMe for Posey's knee surgery. If you feel like donating, we will post the link. And I hope, Emily, that Posey is like supersonic bionic dog after this because I had a dog that went through uh, ACL surgery. I was like, this is like a mortgage payment. It was insane. So it's I as an animal lover, I know the feelings you have when your your pet needs like a huge surgery like that. And um, I hope it all works out, Emily. All right, we'll put that on our Facebook group. We'll put it in our show notes and all the places it needs to be. Good luck to you. I hope you raise a few hundred bucks from our listeners. And good luck to your poor animal. Surgeries are hard and they are necessary. And I'm so glad that you want to do that for her. All right, Laura Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and send you any kind of animal pet of the week, it doesn't have to be a sob story to raise money. It could just be a happy animal in a hat. How can they find you on social media? They can find me at Laura Bricker and somebody did find me on Twitter. Stay tuned next week. It's a fucking corker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey Ball, folks, could reach out to you on social media and discuss football, the European kind. How can they find you on social media? Uh, please do at Toey Ball NH. Kevin Flynn, how can folks find you online? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoie. You can also follow the show on social media everywhere at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Just go to our regular Facebook page. I've pinned the post to join the group. Get episodes early and ad free at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You got the Crime Writers On After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker Podcast. And Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the wonderful Livy Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where we also like the six-inch turkey club with veggies and a little bit of oil. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. later. It's just very confusing. Is it? <laughs> Are you into that thing where I can't say my thing because you're you all like say stuff now? What? No, yeah, it's doing... it's all uh, it's. You're I'm good. Just... Hey, Everyone yeah. good. I'm fine. All right, all right. Let's do a blow we... job. <laughs> Jesus, <fuck. laughs> God, we can't cut that out, Kevin. Oh no! What are we gonna do? Crime Crime Media. Media.